Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. And today I'm here with Mikey and Jeff, as always. And we are here to recap the UFC fight night, Yadong versus Simone. Uh, pretty good card, honestly. Uh, Apex cards suck always. So, I mean, with that in mind, but this was honestly a pretty fun to watch. Uh, pretty top heavy card, in my opinion, but it was still fun to watch. Um, I Mikey went four and four on his picks. He hit on his Mikey's Nyquil fight of the night pick, which was Julian Arosa versus Fernando Padilla. He missed on Ricky Simone, hit on Kyle Barallo, missed on Cody Brundage, missed on Julian Arosa, hit on Marcus Rogerio de Lima, missed on Josh Quinlan, hit on Martin Boudet, hit on Cody Durden. Jeff went three and five. He hit on Hamby Sosa's lock of the night, which is Martin Boudet, missed on Ricky Simone, hit on Kyle Barallo, hit on Rodolfo Vieira. Uh, missed on Juliana Rosa, missed on Waldo Cortez Acosta, missed on Josh Quinlan, hit on Martin Boudet, and missed on Charles Johnson. And then I went five and three. My prelim pick of the night, I don't even think I gave one. Or I did give one, but I it was uh, the Josh Quinlan-Trey Waters fight, I think. And then um, I, was, I missed on Ricky Simone, hit on Kai Barallo, missed on Cody Brundage, hit on Fernando Padilla, hit on Marcus Rogerio de Lima, missed on Josh Quinlan, hit on Martin Boudet, and hit on Cody Durden. Uh, that moves Mikey to 60 and 49 all time, and he's back to even on the Nyquil fight of the night picks. He's six and six. Jeff is 65 and 51. Sorry, 67 and 51 all time, and is now six and seven on Hammy Sosa lock of the night picks. And I have moved to 63 and 54 all time. So, without further ado, before we get into this UFC fight night card, Jeff wants to talk about the bare knuckle FC card that happened on the same day on Saturday. Uh, I believe the headliner was Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold, but um, yeah, Jeff, let's let's let you get into that real quick before we yeah, start. Talking I, about I, just, I just want to talk about like, I mean, just how crazy it is that BKFC kind of is really the top dog this past weekend. They really were. I mean, seriously, after, I mean, that's in, in no small part due to fucking. Con- the Connor face off, but still, BKFC won the weekend, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, why? Why do you got think a, that? We got a pretty fucking decent. I mean, we really found that Mike Perry like found his niche, and he he's like he's there. He's finally got his thing that he could be decent at. But the only problem is they're facing a fucking franchise is pretty much like Perry. So let's see how sustainable this is. But yeah, the fact perfect that they niche won- for Perry though. Yeah. And the fact that they won a weekend and are getting all these eyeballs this weekend is fucking crazy. Out yeah. of nowhere. That is true. That's a good yeah. point to bring up. I- I'm wondering how sustainable it's going to be though. Cause like, first off, they're not piss testing. 110%. They're not piss yeah, testing. But, but Dude, Chad Mendes and Eddie Alvarez like... were fucking jacked. But what yeah. I was going to say, but what I was going to say, not so much about the piss testing. That was just the point I was making. But fucking, like, I'm sure it was tough to get Mendes and Alvarez to fight. And I'm pretty sure Mendes said right after that that he's pretty much done, done now. Like, yeah. I'm wondering how many people, I'm not saying they can't, but how many people can they keep scraping from the bottom? to keep attending these events is more what I'm wondering. See, like, the thing is, I I kind of see it as, like, the, the perfect, like, kind of, I mean, it's kind of a meme now, but the China Basketball League to fucking the NBA, 
It's like the perfect fucking after fucking UFC, really. Like the Shanghai like, Sharks. Yeah, like they're paying decent. They're getting good enough eyeballs. Out, I mean, out of you're not getting fucking this many eyeballs on. I don't even think you're getting this many eyeballs on at like a game bred boxing match, honestly. Even though those no. cards are about the most stacked of those like weird little under, like not as big promotion co- boxing matches, I'd say. So, I mean, it's a new sport. People will be enticed to like try to try it out, and they're not testing. I mean, say what you want. Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa did a lot for a fucking sport with, without testing. I mean, I'm gonna keep me, watching. Give I think me an Overeem versus fucking Rothwell. Give me some crazy bullshit. I mean, I'll constantly watch this. Yeah, I'm gonna keep until watching too. Point, I mean. Until we get to the point where I don't know if it's against any, I, I mean, it probably won't work out well for fucking antitrust lawsuit. But if the UFC fucking buys it out and tries to have it literally as like a feeder system, like a backwards ass feeder system almost, and then That's they fun. fucking start regulating it and almost making it not what it is, which is fucking nutty ass bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. All right. Let's Dude, I'm going to end up looking like one of these old fucks. I'm watching this game right now. Remember I told you guys how I think I'm balding? Dude, there's no way I can look like Zeller. I'm either in or out. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that thinning hair is fucking yeah. terrible, dude. The mask, the Which mask one of the Zellers? Cody. It's oh, Cody. He plays dude. for Miami. Yeah, Cody plays for Mikey's team, and he is. He's Yeah, he's got the Alex Crusoe. Mike's the fucking fourth Zeller brother or fifth, whatever. <laughs> however many they are. He's fucking Mikey Zeller. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone. What a good fight in the Bantamweight division. Round one, a little touch and feel, just kind of figuring it out. The last minute of that round was fun. I had a 10-9 song coming out of round one. Um Round two at 4.03, Song does this right hook, left hook, then drops Simone with another right hook, and Simone uh, clinches against the cage. From well, there, was that the headbutt? Yeah, that was the that was like the little yeah. headbutt thing. I forgot to mention that as well. Um, and then Simone from there is able to transition into a takedown. He's in top position. Uh, Yadong pops his hips and gets up. I love when fighters do that. And then uh, Song throws just extremely hard was another note I had from that. Um, one of my favorite moves that I've seen in a long while was at 209 and Yadong throws this right overhand body shot. And then he fakes like he's going to do it again. So like throw the exact same shot two seconds later. But so Simone goes to block his body and in doing so drops his hands and song instead throws this left hook that catches Ricky right as he goes to block his body. I thought that was fucking awesome. Um, and then yeah, song keeps uh, showing these knees and teep kicks up the middle to make, Simone avoids shooting at 14 seconds in round uh, two. Simone level changes to a double leg and gets a takedown. I had that uh, fight that round ending 10 9 song, so it'd be 2018 after two. At round three, 441, uh, Ricky shoots nicely, gets a takedown, but song gets up very quickly at 142. Song throws the center left hook or sorry, counter left hook that hits Simone on the button and he wobbles. Um, and then hits him with another. I had it 10-9 song, so 30-27 song coming out of round three. Round four at 345, Simone level changed, level changes three times and is stuffed all three times, which was impressive as fuck. Um, 
And then Song is just crushing Simone's lead leg with like leg kicks and it's really swelling up. And then at two seconds left in round four, Yadong throws a lead left hook that drops Simone badly. I had it 10-9 Yadong, 40-36 Yadong after four. And then at 420 of round five, there's a huge right overhand that hits Simone. 403, uh, counter left hook drops Simone and he gets the win via TKO, uh, Song Yadong does. What a fucking fight. What a what a what a legit contender song is after that performance. He showed how hard he throws while being off, like being on balance. Um, man, I was impressed with him. We'll start with you, Jeff. What'd you take away from this fight? Yeah, that and dude, his fucking takedown defense. Holy fuck, but yeah, dude. I mean, he pretty much stuffed him the whole fight. Literally, it was ridiculous. It really was. And to have that in the bantamweight division, I mean, we see what Marab and Aljamain do at the top with their just constant pressure takedown. I mean, that's a huge fucking, that's a huge fucking, uh, I don't even know, feather in your cap, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Mikey, what did you take away from that one? Uh, I, I great performance by Song. Don't get me wrong; he completely overwhelmed Ricky Simone. Had him looking like he shouldn't even been in the cage with him, no doubt. But one thing that stuck out to me that he's still going to struggle with going forward, and there's no doubt in my mind that he will, because he got decimated by Sanhagen doing this. He is fucking atrocious at defending a jab, dude. Like, he, I mean, yes, he did decimate Simone, but Simone was tagging him up all fucking yeah. fight with that lead jab and until he can get that figured out it's it's hard for me to see how he's gonna fuck with Sanhagen or Sean or any of these longer guys maybe even Piotr because he's a super sharp boxer like I, I like Song and I think he's very very good especially for his age but he needs to figure it out the fuck out soon because yes yeah. like he's one of them guys he almost reminds me of Cheeto where he like I I, I'm not saying his defense is the worst, but he almost relies on his resilience and his chin. Like, he just eats shots every round over and over and over and over. I kept thinking the whole fight, like, if this was someone who had a little more boxing prowess than Ricky Simone, and I know we are praising him, but at the end of the day, he's still not a boxer. He's a wrestler. So, yeah. I was just thinking, like, if he's fighting someone who's a legitimate striker, like, say he – say somehow I got to fight Piotr next or maybe even Cheeto. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd have a lot of confidence taking him. I'm, yeah, I'm it's just it's just weird and weird because you can like I can see him beating the guys at the top, but I can't see him beating the guys on the way to top. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Like I can't see him getting a second shot at Corey and winning right now. Yeah, I don't see but it. I can the see way... him beating Aljamain. Yes, it's just it's a stylistic thing. It's like the way Corey decimated. It kind of disappointed me that he didn't show like. He showed no way of improving that at all. He just ate jabs all fight. Jab, yeah. jab, 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 lead jab. I'm like, holy fucking shit. And I get it. Like I was saying, he's like Cheeto where he can eat shit and he wears it well. But then when you fight a guy like Sanhagen who splits your fucking eye open, the doctor has to stop it and you didn't fix it. That kind of worries me a little bit. That's a, that's a good point that you bring up. Um, Co-main event, Kyle Barallo versus Miho Alexichuk. Uh, I mean, pretty fun fight here. I, I'll just kind of recap what happened. So at 444, round one, huge leg kick by Baralo, uh, 415, two body shots and a head shot from Miho that really um, that caused a little bit of damage for Baralo. Um, at 4, 
minutes into round one, um, a huge overhand left lands by Miho. Uh, Miho takes takedown defense was awesome uh, for the first three takedowns at 33 seconds in round one. There's a good takedown by Baralo. I had that round 10-9 Baralo mostly because of the uh, lead leg leg kicks and then the um, just the takedown. At round two, at 4-10, there's a level change takedown by Baralo. They kind of there's some control time, and then at 216, after setting a bunch of traps, uh, Kayo takes Mijo's back and submits him. Um, impressive win for for Kayo Barallo. That being said, this dude needs to get some stand up because I don't see him uh, sort of like Song. He's got he's got a glaring weakness, and that's his stand up, and he's not gonna be able to go to the top with that type of stand up because Mijo was really tagging him with these body shots, and obviously. Miho is really awkward in how he throws. He kind of like jerks back and forth and he's really weird and kind of like kind of holds his body like crunched up. But still, I mean, he was tagging Kayo and it looked like Kayo wanted to stand and try and box with him at first and then just saw that it wasn't really working and saw that takedown at the end of round one and knew what he had to do in round two. So I always feel bad, like kind of shitting on a guy for even though he's he won. But I think that showed that there is still some level of uh, catching up that Kai Barala needs to do before he can really make a, a run here. Um, and we can start with you, Mikey. What is you, do you agree with that? Or how did you feel about his performance? I, I somewhat, I somewhat agree with that. And it's almost going to sound, sound kind of hypocritical to me after what I just said about song, but I kind of disagree a little bit just because of this weight class. Like there's guys who've had very, very, very glaring weaknesses yeah. and been able to make a yeah. run at the top in this weight class. This like you don't really one dimensional weight. Class. Yeah. Like almost like, besides heavyweight, like Derek Brunson's number eight, Marvin Vittori's number three. Like I, I but, agree with what you're saying for him to be the champion. Probably. Yes, you are completely right. But in terms of like making the top five, I think he could still do it in like the next three fights because he, like Roman Delize is another perfect example. His striking did not look great last fight at all. And he's still sitting at number nine, Sean Strickland, number seven. He's so one dimensional. It's almost unbelievable. Like just, he he's like kind of lucky. I guess I'll tag along what you're saying, Max. He's kind of lucky. He's in this division. Yeah. I think uh, Derek Brunson can beat him. Oh, well no, wait, he's I don't No, I actually don't think that. Cause he's old as fuck. I think right. younger Derek Brunson could have beat him, but I actually think Caio has a pretty good shot against a lot of guys in the top. Like Derek Brunson, Jack Hermanson. I would even venture to say maybe Strickland, depending on if Strickland's takedown defense could hold up. I think he has a pretty shot at quite a few guys in the top 15. Yeah, that's a that's a good point that you make there. Jeff, what did you take away from the co-main? Yeah, I mean, I like you said, he's one-dimensional, but he can really make a shot at it, and the weird thing about him, I see like a kind of like after this fight, I can kind of see like an Oliveira in him where he can kind of like eat the biggest shot and then also perfectly get to entry when you're fucking over swinging and when you think you got him and he can yeah. like just suffocate you and close in on you quick whenever you just over swing like that. Like we saw Oliveira do on his run up all the way up to fucking gold and lightweight. I mean, he did that against how many killers? And this this division's even more one dimensional. Man, I mean, he's got a shot, really. He's, and he's and let's be real here. Crazy. There's there's a couple. I don't like you said Max earlier. I don't like to beat down on fighters or anything. There's 
couple overrated guys in the top 15, too, who I can easily see him taking their spot. Like, Kelvin Gaston's fought – what was that, his first fight in three years? He's moving. He's yeah. moving He's moving somewhere, though. I forget where. He's well, moving that's, either up or down. That's apparent right now. I mean, alleged, I should say. Like, Jack Hermanson still being in the top 15. I mean, there's just guys who I feel like if they were in another division, they wouldn't be in the top 15. Yeah. No, you. I, I see what you're, I didn't even think about that part of it. So I get, yeah, I do see what you're saying there. Um, good points made by both of you. Uh, Brundage versus Vieira. Um, round one, start of round one. Brundage is absolutely piecing up Vieira badly with the swing and right hooks. Um, at four minutes in, Vieira gets takedown at two fourteen. Brundage stutter steps, throws this left jab that turns into a right hook that sh- that completely shuts Vieira off. Vieira clinches to Brundage. Um, and then takes his back at 40 seconds and it's grounding and pounding. Uh, I had that, I had that scored 10, nine at the end of one. And then round two at four thirty five, Vieta is in a guillotine spot with Brundage, but then at four Oh eight, he gets out transitions to an arm triangle and chokes Brundage out at three thirty three. Um, what a fumbling of the bag by Cody Brundage there, because that was, that was tough, dude. He, he, Basically had that win and uh, got got choked out. So we'll start with you, Jeff. What did you feel about that fight? Yeah, what the fuck is he doing trying to get the guillotine on the fucking... Yeah. What a genius. I mean, this is... Not gonna lie, this is kind of what I predicted. You did? You actually did? I mean, he... I He shows like a glaring just... I hate... <laughs> Here we go beating down on some more yeah, fighters. Yeah, we're beating down on a lot of fighters. Dude, he shows a fucking glaring just... IQ, like, I don't know. When it comes to the grappling, he just leaves himself open so much for everything. He, his grappling IQ is not up there, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Mikey? Uh, this couldn't. I could not have been the only person. Like, this is not going to be breaking because I know I couldn't have been the only person thinking this was this was the fucking Jack Hermanson Roman Delize fight. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about that? And Jack yeah. is piecing him up on the feet and then shoot to takedown. And next thing you know, you blink and it's over. Like I was so pumped because I'm a huge Cody Brundage guy. I like all them guys from Col- like Colorado and shit. I just like his personality. Like he's, he's an exciting fighter offensively. And honestly, when he first dropped the guillotine, I was like, fuck yes, he got him. Like he got this motherfucker dude. And yeah. Rodolfo, Rodolfo is just a man amongst boys when he hits the mat. He looks so much bigger, too, when they were on the mat. Like, he didn't look that much bigger standing up. When they hit the mat and they are rolling around, I'm like, holy fuck, it's over. Like, that's all I kept thinking. I was like, it's fucking over. It's as good as over. Yeah, real disappointing fight for Cody Brundage. Yeah, and and it was – he just looked so comfortable on the mat when he was down there. Um, Other fights on the card, Arosa versus Padilla. I called this one, actually, even though it was – an early stoppage, an understandable early stoppage, but um, yeah. So the first off, it kind of looked like Arosa was it, the fight looked like you were watching Arosa fight himself in a mirror because they looked very similar body type wise. Um, and stance, both had the hunchback. Yeah. It was really weird. Padilla, Padilla is a little bit taller, but yeah, they looked the exact same essentially. And then at three twenty seven, an overhand right drops Arosa at three twenty one. An overhand left drops Arosa again, and then there's some ground and pound, and Arosa gets dropped again in the melee, and then they call it. Um, it was early. It was very early calling, but it was like an understandable, but still early. Um, 
a, it, it's very fast in there. If you think about like what a ref is actually doing. Yeah. How... And also, he was taking some mean shots to the yeah. fucking dome before that. I mean, yeah. He got shot you know off me. again. I'm, I'm all for fucking. I'm all for early stoppage. I'm. I mean, even though I was just praising fucking BKFC, dude, I'd rather not see a guy fucking take that many shots just straight to the fucking domer. Especially after last fight where he got he got deleted. I forget who fucking was it. Yeah. Caceres was it Caceres or whatever. Yeah, with a head kick. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you don't need any more damage for him. Yeah, and uh, and he just yeah, and like you got, I was wondering what you guys are gonna think of this. I mean, my thing was yes, he popped back up kind of because the ref got in between them. If the ref didn't get between them, what was gonna happen right after that, anyways? Like he was gonna yeah. get pummeled. And he I'm got- a big Julian Arosa guy, but it was not, it was not gonna be good. It was not no. gonna be good one bit. And and it's no knock to him. This Fernando Padilla guy looks fucking good. He looked good from the time the yeah. fucking bell rung. Like he looks good there from the start. So many fucking debuts today, like fucking Saturday that blew my mind. Yeah. And they absolutely fucked me. <laughs> Which yeah. I, and it's I, not I, never mind. Keep going. I was going to say, and it's not like, I don't think Julian Arosa is getting dropped after two losses. So it's not the end of the world for him either. Yeah. I wouldn't think at least. No, it shouldn't be. <clears throat> and he also, I mean, he got dropped once, he gets dropped again, and then he gets dropped a third time in the melee. You see his head go down again. And Dude, and the third up. one was such a bomb. Yeah. I mean, the other two were too, but the third one was a fucking nuke. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and he was just eating combos the whole time. Not whole good. time in between. And kind of like I said about Izzy and uh Pereira too, in my opinion too, once they can, they're not guarding their head, it's as good. Like you're beating a punching bag at that point. No yeah. disrespect, but that's just like the truth. Like I, I think it should be over. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Another fight on the card, Ruggiero de Lima versus Cortez Acosta. Um, Cortez Acosta does not, he needs to learn how to check those damn yeah. leg kicks. Holy fuck, dude. I mean, Speaking of glaring fucking weaknesses, oh, yeah, golly. holy shit, bud. I mean, he should have lost the Jared Vander fight fucking because of leg kicks, and he completely lost this fight because of leg kicks. Yeah, round rounds one and two, uh, he's just getting leg kicked the whole time by yeah. uh, Rodero de Lima, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> who gasses. Yeah. Rogero de Lima gasses round three, and round three is when... Um, Cortez Acosta just spams jabs and he won he wins that round, but holy fuck was that a uh you know tough showing just because of the let lack like that was something yeah, he like, fixed. If he had a fucking round three somehow, the whole I mean, if he could fucking just defend a couple of leg kicks off the bat, and then he could have just had round three the whole time when fucking Rogerio De, just how Rogerio De Lima was just like dead that round three. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Uh, Mikey, any takeaways on this one? I couldn't agree more with what you guys said. Like you said, if someone has a glaring weakness, it is this motherfucker. And checking leg kicks, not only just checking leg kicks, but having no dimension outside the jab. I mean, because he doesn't really like have a lot of power either. So he's really just trying to point jab you. And I mean, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, Josh Quinlan versus Trey Waters had a good fight. I fucking loved the performance from Trey Waters. And I wanted to ask you guys something. Or just tell you guys something and maybe you guys agree. Josh Quinlan reminds me of a very not put together Song Yadong because this guy throws with all of his power 
And the the thing that separates them is that Song Yudong does not overthrow and like fall over and you know uh, lose his balance, but Josh Quinlan does lose his balance. Um, it, it, I just thought that was they reminded me of each other just because I watched Song's fight before I watched Quinlan's fight, and Song throws everything into every punch, but he's able to stay balanced. Josh Quinlan does the same, but he falls over or like slips or like has to turn it into a run or whatever. Um, but yeah, so he was throwing way too much. Uh, just power behind his strikes. He was only throwing one strike at a time. Trey Waters, I love this fight from him because one, he knows he, he's at Josh Quinlan has extreme knockout power, so there's no reason to try and box with this guy. All he was doing was stepping out of the way of the um, overthrown strikes and then counter striking with these jabs that were just cutting up Josh Quinlan. Josh Quinlan got beat up this fight, and then really he just was. You know, just kind of watching him and just letting him overstrike and just counter striking against him. He never looked scared. He was he was jabbing him right through the gloves. Um, yeah, great performance from Trey Waters. Quinlan, I think he, if he under he learns what to fix, he'll be all right. Um, because he does have that power, but he this was not a good performance from him. Uh, we can start with you, Mike. What did you feel about that fight? Yeah, like no homo, but yeah, I agree. He is Josh Quinlan is raw. No as homo, fuck. but you agree. <laughs> Oh no, homo! He's raw as fuck, dude. Like, yeah. I, like, not in a good way. Like, he has a lot of talent, but you can tell he definitely hasn't really honed in on it yet. I agree completely. Swings and misses, and like you said, what a fucking performance by Trey Waters. Guy just won the LFA championship. What three? I guess it'd be three weeks now. Yep. Has to make weight again. He's a six-five welterweight, and just a beautiful striking performance. You couldn't ask for much more on a main card of a fight night. It, fantastic I, how can you not like that performance and like this guy for doing that yeah absolute fucking uh what's it called professional there so i i'm a, i think we're on the trey waters bandwagon for sure what do you guys think uh, yeah, yeah i mean after he made me feel like a fucking stooge this past weekend i mean a couple of days dude this debut a couple of them completely fucked us this weekend honestly yeah and i found a new fucking a new rule just like how when we look at the fucking, if they got the shooto box fucking, what you call it, Brazil in there? What yeah. you call it? In their shared dog history? Dude, if they're a big boy in their, in that debut, especially if it's short notice, that shit's over. He was, I mean, yeah, I know. They, the big boys were two for two in their debuts today. Ray yes, Waters were. is a big fucking boy. He, he was Dude, fucking massive. 6'5 welterweight. And Crazy. McGee. McGee was yeah. a pathway bout, literally. Yeah. And um, he looked ginormous. He did. Uh, Martin Boudet and Jake Collier had, you know, the fight that uh -huh. we expected. But, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I mean, here we are. We're back. We're back. You got the win. The fucking lock is back, baby. Good. I'm go. glad you're locked, Jeff. And can I say something to you guys? I go ahead. I don't want anyone to lose their job, but seriously, should Jake Collier be in the UFC? <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I know it came off funny, but like, and I know this wasn't an awful performance, but like, he's lost what now? I mean, he just, I just don't, I, I don't get his like draw. I don't get his thing. Like, is hey, is he just not ripped he's anymore? He might have lost then, how uh, many, but he's gained about uh, 85 pounds throughout his uh, UFC uh, career. So you know what I mean, <laughs> like. Fuck, man. He's so hard to support. And maybe he has something like mentally going on. Like maybe like mental health's a real thing. I guess that could affect you physically. Maybe he's got something going on. But why should they keep letting this overweight fucking well, he was a middleweight, wasn't he? Or was he yeah. a welterweight? Yeah. Middleweight, yeah. middleweight. 
of overweight middleweight put on these turd performances as a heavyweight. Like, why do they keep doing that? Yeah, he he literally just fucking throws and then gasses out, and then Bidet was just. I mean, I hate to call him a fucking Bidet, fucking Boudet or whatever yeah. his name is. He was just a perfect fucking kryptonite to that dude. Yeah, we called that. Yeah, one he was. Uh, other fight. Dude, down honestly, the anyone with over a fucking round of a gas tank is the perfect kryptonite to that. So, like you <laughs> were saying, Mike, I don't know, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, other fights down the card: Cody Durden versus Charles Johnson. They had a pretty fun fight. Uh, Cody Durden <clears throat> gets that win ver- via decision. Stephanie uh, Egger versus Iriana Alexiva. Alexiva misses weight by eight pounds and is able to get the submission win. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And um, Johnny Journey Newson versus Marcus McGee had a had a pretty fun fight. Marcus McGee looks very good. Um, he gets a submission yeah, win he's over a there. Fucking dog. Yes, he is. He looks scary as fuck too. Uh, out of those three fights, anything you guys want to talk about real quick? Uh, oh. Stephanie Egger was so absolutely disappointing. It was unreal. Like I, yeah. I really thought Stephanie Egger taking on a no namer was an easy win for someone of her caliber, and it's just now. Just didn't happen. And I wish this Marcus McGee cat could have gotten the UFC earlier. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch for sure. Jeff, anything Look, on the I'm, three? I'm kinda I'm kinda hyped up on the fucking Russian Ronda Rousey, even though she's fucking missing weight by dude, eight pounds though. I, dude, Do you like her? Lie, I'm pretty sure I mentioned when we when the UFC signed her for some reason, I mentioned her. Just because of her moniker, I heard of her. Yeah, I, I think I remember where she's from PFL, right? No, uh, Bellator. Bellator, yeah. Bellator, yeah. But I think yeah. I mentioned her like months ago. I think you did and too. I'm, I'm glad she went out there and made a grappler. I mean, say what you want. She's not. Edgar was like an absolute dog in the grappling, like a top women's grappler. Yeah, I know. Yes, hundred percent. And she made her look fucking silly. She did. Um, uh, whether whether Edgar made herself look silly or fucking a Russian Ronda Rousey's a fucking Russian Ronda Rousey, but let, let's <laughs> end on a conversational piece too. What did you guys think of the first decision? Haley Cohen versus Jamie Lynn Horth. I thought there was, there was some thought, controversy over the decision online. I thought Cohen won that. I actually did. We watched it, so I watched it silently the first round, and I was very drunk. But I I thought she won. So that's my take on it. What was what was your guys' take on it? Oh, you did think Cohen won? I did, but I was extremely drunk, so I don't know if that... I, and I also didn't go back and watch it, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I liked the decision. I, I couldn't give round one or two to Cohen. I just... I couldn't do it. Yeah. Not gonna lie. All the fucking women's fucking early decisions where it's just a grappler versus... A control grappler versus a fucking power striker. They all mix together at this point. You can fucking give. They just go back and forth with the decision at this point. So and it doesn't even fucking matter. And it's they're like one, always 29-28. Yeah, it's yeah, always a weird one. One fight, they're giving it to the fucking power puncher. One fight, they're giving it to the fucking control grappler. So I yeah. could give a fuck less at this yeah, point, dude. They got to they gotta figure out this fucking scoring system. I mean, it's it sad it because it's people's livelihoods at stake here. Yeah. But, dude, fuck, man. I know. Bullshit. It's um, they were they were actually split on uh this is MMA decisions. There's about seven to eight people with horse, maybe about five or six with Cohen. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's just what you prefer, right? Like if you like control grappling or if yep. you like, like, um, but yeah. All right. So over, overall top heavy, good card, the lead up to it was all right. Nothing too major. Uh, we had some fun debuts, a great Bantamweight contender fight and, um, yeah, pretty solid card. Apex card sucks. So it's gonna be nice to get to get to your guys's sort of area. And, and one more thing about the Apex too. I mentioned this before. I think I mentioned it like the last three fucking episodes. They've got to stop stacking these in between cards and these pay per views with so many fucking good matches that yeah. they leave cards like this. They've yes. got to stop fucking doing that. It's yeah, it's getting unbearable. Honestly, I think the fact that BKFE had such a good weekend, I think we might finally see a little. Little fire to UFC's ass to we you know need, get these fight nights very decent. Yeah, we need competitors because that's how the only reason why UFC makes any changes is competition. Like, let's be real here. Why in on UFC 288 is the third fight Andrade and Yan Zhao Nian? Like, why is um, that not like the headliner of a fight night or like if they go to a new sick, city? That would have been a sick co-main event for this card. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean, or even a main event of a fight night. Like, I don't understand yeah. why they keep doing this. I don't understand it either. It's complete. It's so fucking annoying. And yeah, then they I mean, I love, I love the, the huge fucking pay per view. It's just because the pay per views make so much fucking money. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're making all their fucking all their bread from. Don't worry, we got fight night. Rosen actually Rosenstreak versus Almeida. That actually not this a one's bad actually fight good night. coming. Yeah, up. that's actually I'm looking at it right yeah. now, dude. You got the first five fights: Jarzinho Rosenstreak versus Halton Almeida. Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker, D Rod versus Ian Gary, Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. Tim yeah, coincidentally, yeah. after fucking UFC but, hasn't been the top combat sport in the past two weekends. Yeah, but I mean, but we look, are seeing the fire to the ass a little bit. Yeah, but look at the following one Raquel Pennington, Arena Aldana is the headliner. Shabazian, yeah. Shabazian and Fluffy yeah. is the co main. Dakota and Pugliana. Like, Yama what are we doing? They just need like, to stop with the fucking Apex. They need to stop because. Next one's a fucking location one. That that one you just named after is the fucking Apex one. It's glaring. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about one more fight real quick before we get the off. Apex stinks. Uh, what did what did you guys think about? Um, it's in three weeks now. It's the Hermanson Brendan Allen card co-main. What did you guys think about Kai Car France getting Amir Albazi, the Iraqi we, prince? Yeah, we talked about him a couple like couple months ago when he fought. He fought that no namer. And yeah, he beat destroyed the shit out of him. him. Did you think yeah. Albazi deserved that? Yeah, I, I don't, dude. Kai Car France. Know, I don't know if Kai Car France deserved that. Like that's <laughs> that, that's mean, dude. You're giving him a you're giving him a legit killer in Amir Albazi. What? <laughs> Amir Albazi's good, dude. Max took Kai Car France was just fighting for the fucking belt, my guy. I know, I know. I'm scared that Kai Car France is getting this like scary ass contender. He should be getting some fucking top guy. Wait, 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 wait. Max took my question and flipped it on his head. Well, yeah. I'm saying I'm saying Kai Car France. Wait, wait. What I'm Put saying that is thing Kai... down, flip it in reverse. <laughs> no, I'm saying they fuck Kai Car France because he's getting uh Amir Abazi isn't a big name at all and he's fucking good. I would want him to fight I want Kai Car France to fight a contender. Like a legit like a legit guy. I mean this I think is it's a as, fight for him. About as legit of a fucking contender you're getting in this division, let's be real here. Yeah, but if you get a win over a not or I think who, he's either fifteen who, what, or name unranked. A fucking contender other than yeah, he's not really no, I know, fight. I know, but I'm saying if you fight he so what, he gets a win over a fifteen slash unranked uh opponent, like he's not gonna go up anywhere. Like we know so he's rather good. him fight what, Mohammed Makayev? I mean, I completely I derail that train. 
Yeah, dude, I fucking despise watching Muhammad Makayev, so I would love that, that, actually. You know I I despise watching Muhammad. I didn't think I was going to open such a can of worms with this. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Max. What the fuck, you can of worms? I think think it's a pretty logical, it's a logical ass pick. (laughs) All right, any thoughts on the card? wild boy. I know. I need to get I need to get watching this Miami Heat game. Keep me updated on what that score is looking like, Mike. Oh yeah, I'm I'm tuned in right now. They're actually up right now by six, I think. All right, yeah, we need to get to that game. So we're gonna cut it a little short here, but thank you all for listening to the Uppercut Podcast. We'll be back later in the week to preview UFC two eighty eight. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening and peace. Mm-hmm.